Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by my longtime mentor and friend, Tyler Garns. Tyler's best known for his work from 2007 to 2012 as director and then later VP of marketing at Infusionsoft. He helped build the company up to where they were spending $25 million a year on marketing, if my memory serves correct, and he left the company just shortly before Goldman Sachs invested $50 million in them based on the foundation he helped to build. Tyler is half mad scientist, half marketing wizard, and the two together are a powerful combination. He's been instrumental in my own career, and his track record really speaks for himself. He's a loving husband and wonderful father of three boys and an adopted daughter, Aliyah. Currently, he helps small businesses and Infusionsoft users with his company, BoxOutMarketing.com, and he has worked with so many of the who's who clientele, I don't even know who to list. His Infusionsoft expertise, his marketing experience make him one of the most reliable and consistent sources of business breakthroughs for small businesses and Infusionsoft customers. All of what I just said is such a huge understatement. You really just have to know and hang out with them. When you are in the same circles that Tyler is in, everyone just talks about Tyler as if he's the man. Tyler is the real deal, and it is my honor and pleasure to introduce you to him today. Tyler, thank you for joining us. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks, Daryl. It was a very, very kind intro. Um, I think I need to hire you to write my bio. Um, <laughs> that was really good, better than anything I've ever written myself. Sweet. <laughs> Pat cell phone back. There we go. Um, but it's all true, and it really is. I mean, I, I mean, even just before we started the call, I, was, I, was, I just said, I let it slip. I was like, I'm so glad you let me come to your conference when you first left Infusionsoft. You put on a $10,000 event, and I didn't have 10000 and you let me come in. I, obviously, I didn't get any uh, some of the fringe stuff, but that was just so instrumental. And um, no, you're just the real deal, man. You've just got tons of hours, and you're a great human being. And so it's just, it really is an honor and a pleasure to be able to introduce everyone to you. So, because um, you have well, a thank you. I, I appreciate it. I, uh, I'm glad to be here with you. So, how did you even get started in this? Like, I know some of your background, and some other people might know it, but maybe can you just give us kind of the yeah the summary? Like, because you you weren't born into a family of marketers, were you? Um, no, not exactly. Uh, my uh, my dad's a photographer. Um, he does commercial photography, so it's all advertising stuff. Uh, but it's all photography, not really the the advertising side of things. And you know, I worked with him in high school, and you know, did some work with him over the years. But it was all you know, just photography. We never really discussed uh, really the advertising side of things. Um, so it wasn't wasn't something I grew up with. Um, 
but uh, when I graduated from college, I got a, a job working for Pfizer doing pharmaceutical sales. Uh, I always tell people that pharmaceutical sales really is pharmaceutical marketing because uh, you don't go in you know, with an order form, get an order, exchange goods and services for money. Uh, it's very different. You're, you're influencing behavior, which is exactly what marketing is all about. So I did that for five and a half years. And um, uh, prior to that, you know, when I was in college, I just – because I was interested, just started dabbling in websites. You know, this is early, early days, um, you know, 98, uh, 99. So I started playing around with building websites and learning a little bit of code and whatnot. And then, um, when I, when I was in college, I actually got a job working for uh, an internet company uh, in Utah called uh, – at the time, it was called Free Servers, and then it became North Sky. And then North Sky was acquired by About.com. That was all within you know the two years that I was there. Um, and uh, that was all really exciting time. And this is all you know, when, the, when the bubble was still growing, and then, of course, it burst. <laughs> and uh, so that, you know, the bubble burst, and we all went our separate ways. And then shortly after that, it's when I started working for Pfizer. And uh, while I was at that internet company anyways, I was uh, in business development slash sales. Um, but I was still kind of dabbling with, you know, website stuff. I ended up, before everything blew up, I ended up transitioning to like the web development team. Uh, I had learned some code and was helping out with some website stuff over there. Uh, partly because in my business development job, uh, this is going to date me a little bit, but it's also going to uh, <laughs> uh, maybe put me on a list of, of uh, you know, bad people for some of you out there. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, I was doing business development. Part of our job was to find small business um, websites where they had a community or they had the, uh, the potential for a community. Uh, one of the products we were selling was this product called Community Architect. And you know, really, this is pre- uh, pre Facebook and pre a lot of that stuff, but it was kind of you know a version of what that would be. You sign up with our service, uh, you would transition your your website essentially to our our service, um, and then not, not really the website. We don't need to go into details, but <laughs> you're mm-hmm. transitioning some subdomain uh, you know uh, records, DNS records over to our our direction. And basically, what it would do is allow you to set up um, email uh, on your domain and offer email accounts to all of your audience. It would allow you to set up, uh, uh each of those users could set up their own subdomain on your, on your website. And then there were some community features like forums and things like that. So, uh, it'd allow you to create a, a community and, and build your brand by letting all of your, your followers or users or customers have email addresses with your brand and all that kind of stuff. So anyways, it was really just a job where we would search Google uh, or Yahoo and try and find, businesses that fit the profile and then we'd contact them. So I wrote a little bot uh, that would do the searches for me and con- and find you – know, back in those days, people would freely put their email address on their website. So I'd find the email address. It would email them and you know be the standard kind of spammy email you get these days. Right. <laughs> um, hey, I was searching Google on such and such keyword. I came across your website. I think you'd be a perfect fit for uh, this product. Um, you know, Give me a reply back. So anyways, I would let this thing run. I'd you know, I created this bot. I'd put in a few keywords. I'd let it run for like an hour. Uh, meanwhile, I'd go play ping pong um, <laughs> at this fun little internet company. Uh, I'd come back. I'd check my email. I'd have some responses from people. I'd follow up with them, uh, you know, get the sales process moving. Then I'd start up the bot again, go play ping pong some more, come back. So, um, <laughs> That's so awesome. I got uh, got started with kind of just you know hacking away with things uh, at that company. Then, like I said, I went to Pfizer, did that. Uh, when I was at Pfizer, um, I ended up uh, 
recruiting one of the guys who had been at uh, this internet company. Well, a few years later, he left and went to go work for this small startup in Arizona called, uh, well, before this was called Enovasis, uh, but uh, you know, at this time it was called Infusion Software. Um, and uh, then, you know, about six months later, he got me interested and recruited me over there. And um, so I started with Infusion Software, which of course is now Infusionsoft, uh, in 2007 uh, as the internet marketing manager. And really, you know, looking back, they took a they took a risk on me. Um, you know, I I came to them, spent a week with them um, before they hired me. Spent a week just to kind of feel it out, see if it was, I was interested in it. And at the end of that week, I presented a proposal, an internet marketing proposal, which I had never really you know done a whole lot of internet marketing before. Mm-hmm. But I put together this whole proposal. They were pretty wild by it. I said, "Great, you know, let's get you started. Let's get going on that proposal." And um, that's how it all started. So, you know, I was internet marketing manager for like six months and became director of marketing and then eventually VP of marketing and uh, left there, uh, see, about three years ago uh, to go start my own business, uh, which is now Box Out Marketing. Yeah, that's awesome. So, that's sorry, that was kind of a long no, explanation, no, but that's a little of the history there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good because I learned tons of stuff. And I just love how you're like, yeah, I just made this bot that, you know, just would look up people and even email them. Like, it would just merge all the info. Like, what? Like, you just say that so nonchalantly. That's when I... When all the listeners, when I was saying like, you know, genius and marketing wizard, mad scientist, that's Tyler's thing. It's like, yeah, I just slapped some code together and it, you know, and it just does this magical stuff for you. Like to me, that's magic. I know there's programmers that might hear this and they're like, that's cool, you know, whatever. And they might not be as impressed, but you just, I've noticed you walk that line between technology and marketing that, that is just really important for the online game. So important. So, um, I guess wanted to ask a little bit about that, like, how essential is coding for you, like in the sense of trying to do what you're doing? And when you work with a lot of business owners, because that's often a struggle for me. And I know we're kind of going off the beaten path, but I just to talk about tech stuff, how important is it? I heard recently that Mark Zuckerberg said that anyone doing any business online has to learn coding. I think he said like the three languages, you have to learn HTML, PHP, and like JavaScript or something. But a friend, a friend uh, actually was G- Griggs, Jermaine Griggs. He was telling me that he was learning coding because he had heard that Mark. Mark Zuckerberg was like, you can't work online without knowing how to code. And what's your opinion on that? Uh, That's an interesting comment. Um, You know, I'd say for myself personally, uh, it has been instrumental uh, to me getting where I'm at. Uh, At the same time, now where I'm at, I find it to be uh, in some ways a hindrance, right? Because I need to delegate more, uh, running my company. I need to not be writing code. I need to be, uh, building the business and growing the business and doing the marketing and, uh, you know, running the finances of the business and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, I tend to probably because I like it. Um, I tend to end up, you know, in, in those tech realms a little too often. So, um, you know, that's something I need to shed, but at the same time, I'd say someone who's running a business online, um, maybe you don't need to know how to actually write the lines of code, but I think you need to understand the logic behind it mm-hmm. and understand what's possible, understand kind of the the basic different languages. You know, what is PHP and what does it do? What's the difference between that and HTML? What's CSS? What's JavaScript? How all those things interact and work together? Because then as you direct your company, as you, you know, hire someone to build your website or you need extra features added or you want to do something cool on your website, you understand what it takes. 
takes. Um, you understand when you go hire someone, you know, rough idea of what that might cost. And so you don't get totally taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it allows you, I find that when you understand what's possible, it allows you to dream a lot bigger. Um, it's one of the things I always tell people with Infusionsoft as well, because you talk to a brand new Infusionsoft user, they have a vision in their head of what they want to do, but that is totally limited by their own understanding of the software and whatever the sales rep told them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, one of the first things we t- try and do is help them understand all the things that are possible mm-hmm. because then once you understand what's possible, you can dream really big because essentially if you can dream it, you can build it. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's really where I find the value of understanding the tech for a business owner, um, for, for the ability to dream. I love that. That's, yeah, yeah, very well said. And that makes sense because I, I like what you're talking about because you need to know about all the aspects. It's funny because I had a talk recently with someone and they just wanted some work done. It was a client and I was talking to them and they wanted to hire someone. They just wanted the work done. They just wanted it done. They didn't want to know about it. But I think that there's kind of like – the. As an owner, you kind of at some point you have to have your fingers in every pot. You may not have to be the person doing all the work, but you can't be blind to what's going on. You get what you inspect and you get what you expect. So I think that what you said makes a lot of sense with that. Now, having helped like literally hundreds and thousands of users, do you feel that everyone like do you see a lot of challenges people face? Like, are there kind of milestones that you notice that everyone kind of hits? Like, you know, like are there walls that everyone's hitting their head against at certain stages or? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. Um, you know, that those walls are different at every stage. Uh, so the answer to the question is yes, everybody hits walls. Um, everybody, you know, growing in the process of growing your business, you come to certain plateaus. Uh, but those plateaus are, are different for every person. Um, they're fairly common. Uh, across businesses when you look at the stage that businesses are in. And when you first start your business, the, the first plateau, the first challenge you have is generating revenue. Right? Mm-hmm. So you go out, talk to friends, family, et cetera, and you generate some revenue. Um, but then once you've kind of tapped that market, your next big challenge is lead generation. And uh, now, I, now I need constant and consistent leads coming in the door so that I can make my, uh, my, my revenue be more consistent instead of me having to go out, you know, knock doors all day and then fulfill and then knock doors all day and then fulfill and you get in this cyclical problem. So consistent lead generation is, is the next problem that you get in kind of the phase two of the business. Uh, phase three is you got fulfillment issues, right? Now once you got constant lead generation coming in and constant business, um, you know, how do you fulfill on that if you're still a one-man or two-man or three-man shop and now all of a sudden you've got more than you can you can deal with um when you get past that uh depending on the business model uh you start getting into finance uh or, or complex uh financing issues and retention issues if you've got a recurring revenue business uh, retention becomes far more important at a certain point for mm-hmm. every business than does uh, new customer acquisition um you know managing cash flow and all those things that you're trying to grow become the challenges uh building your team and you know, all the back back office stuff uh become additional challenges Challenges while you're still trying to figure out, you know, how do we how do we grow the marketing beyond where we're at now? <laughs> so <laughs> uh, those uh, those challenges and those plateaus are, are fairly common, um, but you know, people hit them at different stages and, and different people overcome them at different rates because of their background, their skill, and their team, and all those things. So, uh, what about you in your career? Do you feel that you hit certain challenges and milestones, and then how did you overcome some of these? Because you've helped a lot of different companies with their growth, and you're all about getting results for people. I mean, again. Even before the call, that's what you're talking about. You're like, you know, you're just all about results. So <clears throat> how about for yourself? What have been some of your biggest challenges? And then maybe people can just learn through through your story. How did you overcome any of those? 
Yeah, good question. Um, you know, when I first left Infusionsoft, I didn't have a huge vision for what I wanted to do. I just knew that at that point in my life, it was time for me to go out on my own. Um, and I really, you know, pretty much walked out the door of Infusionsoft with, without a plan, <laughs> uh, which I wouldn't recommend to most people. I was fortunate to be in a situation where a lot of the Infusionsoft users knew who I was because I did, you know, weekly webinars and daily demos and a lot of the videos online or things I had done. Um, and so I was able to kind of walk out the door, put up a sign and, and people hired me. So I was very, very fortunate. Uh, in that situation. But, um, you know, the, the challenges for me are, are first, uh, when I walked out the door and I was on my own, um, really, I think figuring out the vision. Uh, and that, that took me a while because first, you know, it was easy money. I could go out and, you know, consult with people. And, you know, most small business owners are trying to, you know, run their business, uh, and, and they aren't, you know, necessarily marketers. And so being able to just offer some great marketing advice, you know, produces good results for people. So they're happy and paid well and things like that. But, uh, you know, eventually over, over time just realized that that, that wasn't going to help as many people as I wanted to help. And, and I wasn't getting my expertise out to as many people as I, I wanted to get it out to. And so the vision started to change and, and that has grown and adapted and changed over time. Um, so getting the vision set and correct uh, took a while for me. Um, I think the second thing too is what I alluded to earlier is uh, learning to delegate and building the team correctly. Um, you know, I had a time last year where I had a team of five people or so and uh, things on the surface probably look like they were going well, but really internally, you know, I was struggling. I was struggling letting go of some things. Um, I was struggling getting the team trained uh, the way that I, I really needed them to, to leverage it correctly. So I ended up kind of winding that down a little bit, and you know, now we're in the process of building back up again. I've got different people who uh, I trust in different ways, and um, you know, I've, got a, I've got a much more clear and better plan uh, for how to, how to continue growing this. So you know, I think these are types of things that, that, you know, most people struggle with, whether it's delegation or, you know, training the team, building the team. Um, you know, I haven't worried so much about the marketing and sales side of things. Cause I feel like that's where my, my expertise <laughs> is and, and we can, we can handle that part just fine. Uh, but it really, it's all the other kind of operational sides of the business that have been, uh, more difficult for me, but you know, we're in the process of overcoming those things and it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it definitely sounds like you're on the right path because you've talked again before the call about people that you're, you know, you're partnering with and flying and having together and, I remember something that, um, I mean, you knew me when I was working with John and I think that when we really hit the sweet spot, it, it clicked for me because another, an old mentor when I was a kid had told me that he'd built a number of successful companies. And he said that every company needs three key people. It needs, you need a marketing person, a product person, and an operations person, operations and finance, because you need someone that's adept and focused on that kind of basket of eggs all day, every day. And it can't be the same person because right, yeah. your, your weaknesses can't be your strengths. Um, and I really feel that again, when we were John and we just really clicked, we had that, we had three people and everyone fit each of those roles so um and the team thing that has come up on so many different calls it is so quintessential that you have a high quality team it just it, everyone just seems to be saying that for you what do you think that that entails i mean you've seen inside so many other businesses what are the most successful businesses what kind of team like what kind of culture does their team have um yeah i mean that's that's really what what we're focused on right now is the culture. Um, but I'll just reiterate what, what you were just saying. Um, you know, last year when I was trying to grow the team and 
doing it, you know, not as successfully as I would have liked. Um, I was hanging on to too much operational stuff. Um, I need in this business, I need to be the marketer and the product person. Um, eventually we can, you know, split off the, one of those. Um, but that's where I excel. Uh, that's where I enjoy spending my time all day. It was all the operational stuff that was bogging me down and, uh, I was not willing to let it go. Mm-hmm. So I, I realized that. And now I've hired my brother, uh, bringing him into the business, moving him from Utah. Um, he's great operational manager. I mean, he'll run all the, the finances of the business. He'll help build the teams and hire people and train them and all that kind of stuff. And he'll do excellent at that, mm-hmm. uh, which allows me to go focus on the stuff that I really enjoy. Um, so it comes back to what you're, what you're saying, but let's get to the culture stuff because that's extremely, extremely important. One of the things that I'm defining as we, as we build this company is how does the company, and I, I would encourage everyone to ask yourself this question and ask yourself it all the time. How does this company serve our employees? Mm. Su- super important question because most business owners see it exactly the opposite. How do my employees serve me? How do they serve the company? What's their role to serve the company? And although that's important, all of us work to be able to support our lives. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not the other way around. We don't live to be able to work. Um, and, and so the, the job has to be able to serve people's personal lives. Um, you know, I've been involved in situations where, uh, you know, the, the job dominates your life, um, and you become a slave to the job. And, uh, that's no fun for anybody when, when your personal life is suffering because you're spending too much time at work, um, or your demands are too high or it's too stressful and you can't be, you know, mentally present at home, uh, then it's just not going to work. And, uh, people feel forced into working. They resent the company, they resent their leaders, et cetera. When it's the other way around, when they feel like, man, this job is really blessing us. Uh, this job is blessing my life. It's blessing my family. I'm able to provide for my family in a way that I never thought possible. Um, I really enjoy what I'm doing. I, I love how I'm growing as a person mm-hmm. uh, through this job, the, the training I'm getting, the leadership uh, that, I'm, that is being provided to me, and maybe the leadership that I'm learning is awesome for my personal life. Then it's a whole different story. Then you get people who, uh, when time requires, They'll come in and, and work all nighters. They'll pull a weekend. Um, yeah. They'll do that stuff on their own uh, because they are so appreciative and they love what you're doing and they're connected to the vision and the mission of the company. But when it happens the other way around, when you're forced into it, when you're expected to be there all night or on the weekends, uh, it creates resentment. I love that because you're talking about getting buy-in and creating something that's greater than yourself, you know, and that's and that you said like because even at the beginning, sometimes I hear people say, and not to say this to you, but just I've heard so many people say it, they're like, oh, I want to help a lot of people, but it sounds like a disguise that they just want a lot of customers to make a lot of money. But mm-hmm. when you talk, like you really are talking about building a community that serves your clients, it serves you of course, and your family, of course, but it also takes care of the employees and the culture for that. I mean, people are so appreciative when they find stuff like that because I think you're right. We live in very much like a take, take, take society where everyone's mm-hmm. like, what's, you know, and it's, it's just a fact, fatter, uh, sorry, a fact of life. Everyone walks around, listen to W I I F M, right? What, what's in it for me. So, um, that's great. Now I remember back a long time ago, you talked about the three key metrics. Are you still a fan of that? Is that something that you still incorporate in like managing teams? Yeah. I mean, that, that's something that, uh, 
w- was uh, promoted at, at Infusionsoft, uh, and I believe they still are focused on that model. Uh, basically, you you define for each role the key three metrics that they're responsible for, uh, and every Friday or at the end of the week, they report on those metrics in some way, and they're tracked, and and that's how you measure measure performance. Um, you know, when performance isn't measured, people go home on the weekends wondering. Man, am I doing a good job? Do they think I'm doing a good job? You know, I don't really know. Then when you have to have the difficult discussions of, hey, you're not performing well, um, or we need to let you go, or whatever, it comes out of the blue for people, and that's not cool, right? So mm-hmm. when you're tracking their key, their three key metrics, um, they know every weekend uh, when they go home. Uh, hey, I just entered in my metrics to the system, or I just you know sent them to my manager or whatever, and I know that I'm 90% on this one, I'm 40% on this one, I'm 110% on this one. So I got some areas for improvement, and I got some areas where I'm doing well. Uh, there, there's no question about it. And when you have the conversations with them about their performance, there's no doubt. Everyone knows exactly what's going on. Right, right. Right. That's great. Now, can you give us a couple of examples about that? Because sometimes even myself, I've been stumped, like, how do I, how do I make that a metric? Like, how do you turn like like a copywriter or a web person? Like, how do you, how do you help create those metrics? I knew you were going to ask that question. (laughs) (laughs) It's difficult, uh, truthfully. Um, So, and I'll just go back to Infusionsoft and I've, and I've used this model with, you know, clients and uh, with myself as well, but Infusionsoft will give us some good examples. So, um, in marketing, uh, for me leading the marketing team, my metrics were easy and clear. How many leads, how many prospects for sales? And then we'd sometimes have other another you know metric that we might be trying to push on at the moment, you know, how many visitors to the website or something like that. You can come up with concrete, measurable things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right, for the creative team, and it was always the same thing for the development team as well and some others. Um, how do you measure their performance? What do you say to a developer? Hey, you need to you know write a, a, a thousand lines of code today. Right. Um, uh, you know, it's it's a little bit more nebulous. Um, creative people, particularly, you know, uh, hey, I need you to design uh, fourteen banners today. Um, you know, it's like that's not exactly the measurement we want to use for success. Um, and so, you know, I've tried lots of different creative things, and really, the key is to have open dialogue with those employees, those team members, and just make sure you're on the same page. So with um, with one of our graphic designers, uh, one time I said, okay, what we'll do is at the end of the week, just send me all the stuff you you designed that week. I'll review it and I'll give you a grade. I'll give you like a letter grade. So mm-hmm. A, B, C, D, F, right? Uh, well, we did that for a little while. And after a little while, she said, um, well, look, you know, I'm not I'm not sure you know, your opinion is is the best opinion, <laughs> and I and I agreed with her 100. Yeah, look, my opinion is just one opinion. It doesn't necessarily mean that's the end all be all of the quality of your work. Right. So I said, well, why don't you uh, start grading your own work and send it to me? Um, and so that's what we started doing. She was much harder on herself than I was. Uh, and then and then what we decided was, okay, we'll both do <laughs> work and we'll and we'll average it out. And, uh, so, you know, like I said, the key is I worked on that with her. Mm-hmm. She had ideas. I had ideas. We ended up coming to a solution that we, we both felt was all right, where we just averaged out our grades and, um, you know, uh, with, with productivity workers like that as well, copywriters, uh, designers, uh, web developers, a really important, um, measurement as well is like what percentage of your tasks are completed on time. Mm. Uh, and so that that can help you measure, you know, are they staying on top of all their stuff or are we giving them too much stuff that they just can't stay on top of it all? Um, you know, it helps you measure kind of that whole flow of, of things. Um, so that that's almost always one mm-hmm. is, you know, 
percentage of tasks being completed on time. It's not a great measurement of their quality of their work, but it's a measurement of their uh, ability to get the job done, right? So anyways, I'm not sure where I'm going with that, but those are some ideas. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's excellent. I mean, you've given – first of all, you've given some great content already. We talked about the different stages in business, how you start off just trying to generate revenue. Once you hit that, now you're focused on consistently generation so you can start building the rest of the business and have just steady, reliable, predictable income. After that, it's about fulfillment and quality control. And then past there, it's either about your financial structure um, or retention issues and how that becomes more important than lead gen, managing your cash flow and then managing the team. And then we talked about the team and why it's so important and how you have to keep your employees in your considerations as the owner. You might be so focused on the business and the goals and your customers and the product, yada, yada, yada. Forget about the people that are supporting you and helping make that happen. And I think that that's well worth um, bringing up again because, you you know, you um, – None of us would be anywhere without any training, without any support, without our parents to help us, without the neighbor, you know, to to mow our lawn when we're sick or whatever that is. We are social creatures, and I think that's really important that we make sure that, especially in business, that you want to bring in employees that perform but then also stay with you forever because they have to train people. Like churn is is brutal in a lot of businesses. Sometimes you need to, you know, you need fresh blood for certain reasons, but for the most part, I mean, that's, it interrupts your business. Um, so I, then we also talked about the three key metrics and how that could be a guidepost for people in helping manage their team. So they've already got the culture part done, but they still need to focus on the results. So we talked about that, talked about three key metrics and you gave some great examples on how to do that. Cause that is something that comes up. Um, when people are like, yeah, but how do I define for my copywriter? How do I like what metrics and then how do I make a metric out of that? So you gave some really, but with the, by the way, sorry to interrupt, but with the copywriter, it's much easier. Um, oh. because then you start measuring conversion results, right? Mm. Hey, look, you wrote the copy for this landing page. Let's track conversion on the landing page and, you know, get a baseline and then, you know, in, increase the goal. Mm. <laughs> um, so the copyright is a little bit easier. You can wrap, uh, you can wrap designers into that as well. You know, if they're designing, uh, banners, um, you know, landing pages, things like that, you know, look at conversion rates, look at click rates and things like that. So you can pull in some of those concrete metrics, but, you know, obviously depend on, on what they're creating. If they're designing and writing a free ebook, um, you know, there might be some conversion metrics you can pull out of that after people read it, but mm-hmm. the design, you know, is a little harder to attach to some kind of concrete metric. Right, right. No, that's a great example. And, and I love how all your examples, because again, before the call, you're about results, results, results. They're all tied on like results. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not how fast did you write the copy? It's not how good is it? It's no, no. What's the rate? Like what's the conversion rate? Like what's the number? <laughs> I need a number for my spreadsheet. I made, what did Jim Rohn said? He's like, I, I only made the boxes big because then I can only fit a number in there. I can't fit any excuses or anything. <laughs> there I just you go. need a number. <laughs> and I love that. So now copy is something that you've also really been kind of, uh, beating the drum on a lot lately and why is that like because before like you even said this at the beginning of the call like you had a bot and it would just email people and they reply back and it was novel and new and sensational and things were really easy so why are you big on the copy bandwagon these days for some of the people who may not even understand the importance of copy yeah you know it's not so much uh copy um i i end up writing a bit of copy but i don't i don't 
like it. Um, <laughs> and uh, there are people that do it much better than I do. Right. Uh, but really what it comes down to is strategy and messaging. Um, and then out of the messaging, of course, comes the copy. Uh, and the reason that our, our major focus is there is because, um, you know, coming back to Infusionsoft users, uh, you go out, you get Infusionsoft, you're sold the dream of, hey, automate your marketing. It's going to be amazing. Automated marketing alone does not create results anymore. It used to. Uh, in the early days of Infusionsoft, just because you were following up, you were different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that you know put your brand, your product, your message in front of people more often than they were hearing it from others. And so you were likely to get business from it. Nowadays, everyone's doing some kind of automated follow-up um, or they're just blasting people with you know mm-hmm. constant contact or something. Um, and so that alone doesn't separate you. Uh, so you've got to be more strategic. Your message has to be clear. You've got to have a very you know, well-defined target market that responds to that message. Um, and then of course the copy needs to, uh, needs to be persuasive. And, um, so that's the big difference between what we do and what others do. Uh, you know, most people out there, Hey, you know, hire us, we'll, we'll set up your Infusionsoft. Uh, well that's fine and dandy. And, you know, you're going to pay for Infusionsoft setup. What you're not paying for though is results. And, uh, so unless people are developing messaging for you, unless they're helping you with the strategy of the campaigns, unless they're actually writing the copy for you, um, they, they're not going to provide results out of your Infusionsoft or your Constant Contact or AWeber or any other system you're using. Um, they're just going to you know, technically set it up. Mm. And, uh, and so we, we talk to a lot of frustrated Infusionsoft users who um, you know, are ready to cancel or whatever because they feel like they're not getting value. I don't know if the software works for me or whatever, and we have to kind of re-educate them. Well, look, the software is awesome. Um, the strategy and your messaging is what's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) That's a tough conversation to have to be like, look, the software doesn't suck. You suck. No, as soon as you have that conversation, people get it and they're like, you're absolutely right. We've never focused on that part or we wrote it ourselves and we don't know what the heck we're doing. And, you know, they totally get it. So that's where we, that's where we focus our efforts. Um, The world is getting busier and busier. It's now, you know, you're competing on a global scale with everybody else on the internet. And uh, so you've, you've got to have solid messaging got to have a good way to get in front of your audience. If you don't, then you know, you're dead in the water. So what do you mean by solid messaging? Because I can say the word education and you might think textbooks and a lecture hall and I might think, um, you know, reading books off Amazon. Like, I don't even know. But what do you mean by the messaging strategy? I think we all get, uh, um, you know, it's just uh, your approach. How many, how many emails, how many steps? What's your, you know, what's the psychological approach? What kind of relationship you're trying to build? Um, how long is it? The duration, all that stuff is kind of in strategy. But when it comes to messaging, what are kind of some of the, can you just, just define that a little bit better for me? Sure. There's, there's four key pieces to uh, what I call power positioning which is what then, you know, this is kind of an exercise we go through with our clients, which then develops the messaging. So those, those four key pieces are who is it that we're talking to? Uh, what is it that we're offering them? Uh, what big problem do they have that we can solve? And what makes us unique? So if someone lands on your website, Daryl, and within a few seconds, they see those four things clearly, they go, ooh, they're talking to me. Oh, they're very aware of the problem I've got, and it sounds like they've got a solution and I can understand why I should hire these guys instead of someone else, mm-hmm. then you've got something. Right? Then you got someone who's going to stick around and read a little bit more, watch your videos, opt in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they get there and those things aren't clear, 
they're they're off. They're gone. They're looking for someone else where they can – I mean you know. We all do this, right? You go search Google and you're looking for something specific. You get to the page. If you don't find it, boom, back button. Go to the next result in Google, right? Mm. And so you've got to assume that everyone that comes to your website is is taking that approach. They're going to give it a you know five-second scan and if they're not seeing what they're looking for, if they're not seeing something that calls their attention, they're gone. Mm. Um, and so you call their attention by calling out exactly who they are or a pain they have uh, or you know a problem you're going to solve or something like that. And then if you could hook them with that, then you can start to explain a little bit about why you're different and how you're going to help them and those types of things. So messaging is all about getting a super well-defined target market that you can get a very clear message to about how you're going to help them solve their problem and, and, what, and why they should hire you instead of someone else. Uh, and the more clear you can get that message, the more conversions you're going to get. Mm, mm, mm. So well said. I, I love that and appreciate that. And I think I even myself have been guilty of too often being for everyone versus a specific person. Can you go too far down that rabbit hole? Is that something like can you be too targeted or and like how do you know? Is there any kind of like a warning sign? <laughs> like, you know, like you've got a tennis training course for five foot tall blonde women left-handed who hop on who only have one leg like is when do you know that you've gone too far you know it's a good question uh i don't think in most <laughs> cases you can go too far um oh. mainly because people are so resistant to getting that focused that they won't go far enough um but uh i'll give you an example um if I've got a, a, a gun and a target and I stand back you know, 100 yards and I shoot at that target, I'm aiming at the bullseye. I am super focused on like one tiny little you know, one centimeter spot right in the middle. Right, I am going to put all my focus and energy on that one spot. But what's going to happen? I'm going to end up spraying all over the target, you know, as I as I shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so your marketing is the same. If you focus in on a very you know, laser tight uh, target audience, you're going to end up still getting you know people that are similar, that are around there, that are uh, you know in the in the general vicinity, and uh, and that's okay. Um, you know, if you read a book called Crossing the Chasm by Jeffrey Moore, it's required reading at Infusionsoft. Um, it's all about taking high technology to the masses. One of the things that he, t- he talks about and the analogy that he gives is you need to define your beachhead. Uh, so just like in World War II, uh, you know, the Allied forces didn't go and just start bombing all over Europe. Uh, they attacked a very specific spot, beaches of Normandy, uh, stormed those beaches, gained the beachhead, got control of the beachhead, and from there, from that base, could then start going out to some nearby villages and then start spreading out to other countries and then start covering all of Europe. Um, if you try and go all over the place, you're, you're, you're dead. You know, there's no way that you're going to be able to spread your forces uh, in a strong enough way to make that happen. So in marketing, it's the same. You define your beachhead. And if you just thought the beachhead was GKIC, we're totally focused on the GKIC community. We felt like if we could dominate the GKIC community and get all of those people on Infusionsoft, that would be a great foothold for us launching into uh, additional internet marketing realms and then eventually you know, other uh, niches within small business and then eventually all of small business. And you see that happening today. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's very, very well. Yeah. Tyler, I love talking to you. We could just sit and talk about this stuff all day. Like, is there, do you feel that there's habits that you see that have helped you the most with your success and other business owners that separates them from some of the clients who maybe struggle more or, right, are less successful? Do you notice any commonalities between people? 
absolutely. Um, and actually, for our uh, W Sales Club members, uh, we have defined uh, our habits for success, uh, and we we promote those and teach them and uh, talk about them all the time. Number one, uh, you will not be surprised is track the essentials. Uh, so. You know, if you're not tracking key metrics in your business, uh, you're you're lost, right? I mean, it's like I always tell people, it's basically like you get in your car, you put it in reverse, and you slam on the gas without <laughs> looking in the rearview mirror, right? Just you, you don't know where you're going, uh, you don't know what you're doing if you don't have your metrics dialed in. Uh, next thing is invest wisely. That kind of comes back to a metrics uh, question again. Uh, you know, I'm big on lead source tracking and uh, getting ROI from every marketing effort. Um, so that's that's what invest wisely is all, is all about. Making sure that every dollar you spend in marketing and growing your business, you can track exactly what happens with that dollar, and you can make sure that you're getting a return on it. Uh, the third one is segment to the power of one. Uh, so when you're in your marketing, again, it comes down to laser focus, right? You bring people in uh, through some kind of opt-in into some funnel or whatever. You want to segment them down to the individual because if you can talk one-on-one with an individual, uh, you're going to get much better results than if you're talking to an audience. And I see all the time people making the mistake in their communications of talking to a very broad audience. Therefore, it's not going to resonate with anybody. Uh, number four is test for success. So, of course, always test your stuff. Uh, make sure you're split testing. Make sure you're um, you know, measuring what you need to measure uh, and testing everything so that uh, you're continually optimizing. Uh, the next one is ignore shiny objects. So all of us, uh, particularly entrepreneurs, tend to get very distracted by other things that might be more exciting at the time or whatever. So, um, and, and it really comes down to a, a discussion these days about technology as well, right? What's the hot new you know, lead capture device these days? Is it lead pages or click funnels or whatever? And people get so caught up in like what tool you're using when the truth of the matter is like you just need to make sure that you've got something you can capture leads and you can optimize conversions. Yeah. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Um, and if you've got something that works, don't get distracted by all the new things out there. Yeah. Um, and last is model success. You know, watch what other people are doing that are successful. Figure out how you implement it in your business. I always say model and figure out instead of copy because I see too many people copying. Not that it's necessarily bad to copy, but I see too many people copy. Like they see a campaign that works for someone else and they basically just copy it over to their uh, business and try and run it and it doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work because you've got a different audience, you've got a different product, different business model, et cetera. So figure out why it's working, figure out the strategy behind it, implement the strategy in your business. That's huge. That's huge. Tyler, this stuff is so awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 have nothing to say that those are all perfect. I mean, it, it especially I love I love the lead source tracking because that's where people like get the most leverage. Because I feel like I know people that do all this stuff, or at least they feel they do, but they're not necessarily investing in the right places, right? They're spending right. their money on marketing or whatever, but it's just they're not getting their money back. Um, I had a call with a, a lady recently. You know, she's super happy about this vendor that she's got where she's working with, and they've generated you know like fifteen thousand leads, but she's in the holy grant and you know and i mean we can do something with the leads but it's it's like you know what i mean like she was just so excited but it was almost came down to the first two tracking the essentials and investing wisely so she felt like she had all their other stuff working but those two are just so critical so that's a that's a Mm -hmm. great list so tyler what are you working on now i mean you mentioned the double your sales club can you tell us a little bit about that what is the double your sales club Sure. Uh, we actually haven't sold access to the Double Your Sales Club directly. Um, basically, uh, our clients who 
uh, purchase high-end services from us, mm-hmm. uh, end up getting access to the W Sales Club. Uh, but we're about ready to uh, launch it to the public uh, so that uh, anyone can sign up for the W Sales Club. Uh, essentially, W Sales Club is a guided uh, instructional way on how to grow your business. So you get in and we've got you know, lessons and modules and everything. You go, you know, step by step through the entire process of growing your business. Um, and it's all, you know, Infusionsoft education and whatnot. So, um, you know, it takes you through, through all the steps. There's a private Facebook group included. Um, so you get access to that group and communicate with other business owners, uh, and myself who are all working on the same stuff and ask questions and get help and collaborate. And, uh, we've also got a ton of tools in there that extend the functionality of Infusionsoft, and we're continually building more tools. Um, so that's uh, you know rough idea of the W Sales Club. Essentially, if you want to grow your business, um, you know W Sales Club is is where it's at. Um, you know, it's not so much about setting up Infusionsoft, not so much about the technical stuff. Uh, it's about what it takes to grow your business. Hmm. Um, and so that's that's that. Um, you know, the other big focus uh, right now is uh, providing. Uh, campaign services for Infusionsoft uh, users uh, with the promise of, of results. You know, like I said earlier, a lot of people will set up your campaigns for you, uh, but they're not going to be accountable to any results. Um, what we do in our standard package is we do um, some basic research with you. We develop the positioning and the messaging. We write the copy. We develop the strategy. We also implement it all in Infusionsoft, and we set up your dashboards uh, so that you can actually see the results. Then 30 days later, we have another call with you. We look at those results and we measure them and we determine, are they what you were hoping? Is there an area where we need to optimize, tweak, you know, fix, whatever? We make those changes and we do it again 30 days later. So we are focused and hold ourselves accountable to making sure you get results from our efforts. Um, so that's, that's the main thing we're really working on right now is um, just serving, serving clients through that service um, and then getting ready to launch the WSL club that's awesome and what's the history of the w sales club because i know you didn't wake up one morning and was like i'm gonna launch the w sales club like that there was a bit of a development to that wasn't there yeah you know it's uh like i said we we haven't sold access to it to the public um it was you know what a year and a half ago or so when we first started it uh at icon uh icon 2014 and uh that that's when we started it and um you know, really, like I said, it was kind of a created as a bonus to people buying the services. What we see is that a lot of people buy uh, Infusionsoft services, they hire someone to set up their Infusionsoft or whatever, and then they're left to their own devices after that. Um, you, know, you call back that same person, and sometimes they're not you know responsive, or you call them back and you say, "Okay, you know, I got all the stuff set up. It's great, but we need some results." And they might say, "Well, we don't write copy. We don't do that stuff. So you need to go somewhere else." So we want to make sure that um, when people are getting services from us, they felt a long-term connection with us, that they could get into that club, know that they were going to have access to us, to the tools, to more education, uh, to you know, an ongoing support system to make sure that they continue to get results with Infusionsoft. So it was really provided initially just as um, you know an offering for people who who we delivered services to to support them long term uh, now we realize there are so many people that maybe aren't ready to sign up for our our full services uh, but need that education and need it badly and need that community of people around them to help support them and so we're going to open up access to to the club to the public got it got it got it 
Well, that's super awesome. Yeah, no, I I love Tyler. You've, again, you just your knowledge has been so valuable. Even the, this call for people that are listening to it, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to this call again because there is so much good in here. We have the different phases of business and what your attention should be on. We have how to build the culture of your team, how to how to manage your team to numbers. We even talked about the three different kind of top tier roles in the business. And then you can try people listening. To this can figure out like, where are your strengths and what should you be focused on? And if you're all doing all jobs, you may have to get through that now in the beginning, but you know, once you start generating revenue and get consistent lead generation, you can kind of know that you need to build this team around you. You've got the culture, how to track it, habits to focus on, um, how to even get your power positioning set up. This has just been such a good, Good call. Um, Tyler, I know you can go on like this for day. I mean, it's been years and I'm still like, I've got two pages of notes already from this call and it's not like I just met you. So, um, cause, yeah, I should know all this stuff already. So I just, I love, I love these activities. I think maybe before we leave, I want to talk about one thing because you explain it the best. Can you tell about the power of one exercise? I wanted to mention that that was a note I put down for when you were talking about, um, where was it? I wrote down, but the one-on-one messaging that people... Uh-huh. Yeah, your habits. You're talking about segment to the power of one. Can you describe that? Like, what is the power of one? Yeah. So, so when you sit down to write, uh, you know, landing page copy, email follow up, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, anytime you sit down to write, write copy. What I always tell people is, think of one customer. Think of the ideal customer for this particular thing that you're offering. Um, and ideally, it's someone that is already a customer. It's a real-life person, someone who's bought from you, someone that you know. You know all the stuff about their personal life. You know everything about them, really. Um, and write it personally to them. Uh, I mean, I would even write their name at the top uh, and, and just write it directly to them. Do that as your first draft. Then go back through and, and you know, Instead of their name, put the merge field. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if there's anything that's like really too specific or too personal to them, um, see if you can genericize that a little bit. But start with something that's extremely targeted to that one person. Uh, the reason being is you're going to write in, um, in a much more personal manner, uh, which is going to allow the audience that's reading it to connect with you personally. They're going to feel like you care. They're going to feel like, you know, there's, there's emotion and and feeling behind, uh, the writing. Uh, your writing is going to flow much more naturally when you do that instead of, you know, Hey, I need to write this landing page for my company. And then all of a sudden you get into like corporate speak and you get into weird stuff. It just needs to come off like a normal one-on-one letter. Um, and so, uh, really, really, that's all it is. I mean, there's nothing real special to it. Um, what's hard for people is, um, okay, I can write that to you know my customer Bob, but uh, there's lots of people coming to this landing page, or lots of people getting into this sequence that are not like Bob, um, and that's where. It, the segmentation comes in play, right? So if you've got people filling out a form, uh, what's the one or two key questions you could ask to allow you to segment them into meaningful marketing groups? Um, and I say that very clearly, meaningful marketing groups, because oftentimes you see people asking silly questions in these forms that really don't allow you to segment well. Um, you know, so, uh, sometimes it's, uh, you know, simple demographic stuff, but oftentimes it's more of the psychographics, you know, what's your biggest challenge right now? 
what is your goal uh, with your business or your whatever? Um, you know, when you understand those things, then I can talk to you pretty darn specifically. If I know what your biggest challenge in, in business is, Daryl, right now, uh, I could sit down with you and talk to you for a, a full day on how we're going to overcome that challenge. Um, I can write a sequence very specifically to you about how to overcome that challenge. And you're going to read that sequence because – that's your biggest challenge. <laughs> you need right, help with it. Right. It's all about uh, me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's really the key is, you know, write it to a specific person and then uh, in your marketing, make sure you're doing the work to segment people into those individual groups so that that targeted writing is geared right at them. And I know you say like, you kind of like, you said something in passing, you're like, and you're like, that's all it is. But I think it's really important because what you're talking about, I've, I've got a couple of clients I've been dealing with that are in dating niches and something that I've learned, which has been kind of interesting for me, cause I've never really been into any of that kind of pickup artist stuff or anything. But one of the things is that a big thing for them is actually working on yourself. So when you're in any sort of social situation, you have like a uh, stable, unshakable confidence and, and kind of self love, if that makes sense. Like you, you, mm-hmm. when you go in the, you know, you, you get rid of those social anxieties and social fears so that way you can carry yourself that way. And what happens is it's like the whole tuning fork idea, right? If you hit two tuning forks or one tuning fork, it'll right the other one will vibrate because they're the same frequency, but you can also move people and get them like attract people to you and you can move people up and down frequencies. So when you talk about the power of one and you talk about sitting down and taking like your best you know your best customer your favorite customer and you start writing to them and especially if you put that in your marketing that's automated you start having the stable consistent confident do you know what i mean like uh, a mm-hmm. way of way of dealing with people and you may not have treated them like that if you hadn't have done that from the beginning so i think that's an extremely powerful exercise and thank you for just sharing that with us again um yeah you know daryl just sorry there's one other really key piece of that that i forgot to mention um and that is vulnerability if i'm writing to a person i know say i'm writing to you say you're my my perfect customer uh you and i know each other at a personal level i would likely if i'm writing an email just to you i would likely say something to you about my family and particularly about my daughter because I know you were adopted and we have that connection. And so I might say, hey, Leah's doing awesome and thanks so much for recommending that book that you told me about, blah, 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 right? Um, That doesn't feel vulnerable when I'm writing it to you because you and I live on that level. But I wouldn't as a business owner naturally sit down and think in my follow-up emails to have just a little quick blurb on, hey, you know, my, my daughter Leah is doing awesome. She's now one and a half and blah, blah, blah. Um, but if you put that stuff in there, again, that's what creates the emotional connection. It opens you up a little bit to some vulnerability, um, but that's what people love. People want that connection. They don't want to get the corporate email that's just you know all about the product and the features. Uh, they want to understand who you are and what makes you tick, and that's what they're going to connect with and eventually make it so they trust you and end up buying from you. So that vulnerability piece is, is really key as you're writing those you know, Power of One emails. So the proof is in the pudding. Everyone listening to this, I'm sure their jaws are on the floor right now. Um, yeah. So again, Tyler is definitely the man. I, I love your stuff, Tyler. How do people who love what they've heard and want to reach out and get involved or learn about the double your sales or even just get your free stuff? And you've got some awesome free tools on your site as well. Um, what are the best ways to reach out and get in touch with you? Yeah, best thing would just be to go to boxoutmarketing.com. Um, you, know, you can sign up for a free consult there if you're interested in working with us. Uh, we've also just released a new ebook um, called uh, The 18 Keys to Getting Results. 
results with Infusionsoft. So if you're struggling actually getting results with Infusionsoft, that's what you need. Uh, just go to boxoutmarketing.com slash 18 keys. Uh, what you'll find, uh, which might be interesting, might not be interesting to you, is that uh, it has very little to do with Infusionsoft. It's more about the strategy and the messaging and conversion and all the stuff we've talked about today. Um, but there's some key Infusionsoft tips in there as well. So boxoutmarketing.com slash 18 keys, and uh, you can get that ebook for free. That's awesome. So yes, those of you listening, even if you use some other tool that's similar or if you're not using a CRM, I think like Tyler said, a lot of the issues stem from outside of the software. So I think there's a ton of value in that PDF for you guys. I definitely highly recommend you check out Tyler's stuff, get on his list, try to get in the Google Hangouts, get involved if if any of this has resonated with you. Um, Tyler, you're the real deal. Again, it is such an honor and a pleasure to be able to consider you a mentor and a friend, and I really appreciate your time today. Um, I know I know you've been working since like 3 a.m., so um, just thank you so much, and, and yeah, man, I just wish you and your family all the best. All right. Well, thank you, Daryl. It's always good to talk with you, and I uh, appreciate you having me on your show. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. Uh, You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.